A random encounter at a broadcasting facility. A shared interest and love of all things Marvel. Excelsior! A misinterpreted program title. And behold, a podcast is born. Peter Melnick. Podcaster and comic book enthusiast. And Eddie Wilson! Upstate New York radio announcer still with an inordinate amount of catching up to do. Peter, what are you doing? Here we go with a new episode of The Marvelists. Welcome everyone to The Marvelists presents Mischievous Musings, the Loki podcast. I'm Peter Melnick. And I'm Joshua Rosengrant. And Eddie Wilson is on assignment on Krakoa, the island that walks like a man, for the Hellfire Gala, or whatever it is this month in the Marvel Comics. Before we get into the usual rigmarole of today's episode and talking about Loki episode number one, Glorious Purpose, and not the Robert Rude kind. Glorious. We want to tell you all at home how you can get a hold of us on them, our social medias. Go on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at The Marvelists. You can find us individually on social media. I'm at Peter Melnick on Twitter, Instagram, and I'm on TikTok, God knows why, at Peter Melnick, but better. You can also find Eddie Wilson on Instagram at Eddie9193 and find him on Facebook. You know, send random Eddie Wilson's friend requests because Eddie really needs to narrow it down for which Eddie Wilson he is. And then he'll give me crap when he sees me. Won't that be fun? Anyway, you can also find us on a wide variety of streaming platforms. TuneIn Radio, Stitcher Radio, Podbean, SoundCloud, Spotify, etc., etc. If you can listen to a podcast, if you can hear my meandering bullshittery, well, you found the right place. Or the wrong place, depending on your mood. But you can also find us on iTunes, rate, review, subscribe, share, and all that good stuff. And... You can also support the show at patreon.com slash themarvelists, where for as little as $3 a month to as much as... You can spend all of your hard-earned ducats on our show, where we have Fantastic Voyage for $5 and up. You get early access to episodes, by the way, and Eddie Wilson's undying love and affection, and my undying love and affection. However, when you go to a comic convention, if you see Eddie Wilson there, and you tell him, hey, Eddie... I'm a Patreon subscriber. Well, Eddie will give you a firm handshake and look in the eyes. The mood will change. Some Barry White music will play ever so slightly in the background. Ooh, I'm intrigued. He pulls you in. Oh, yes. And then Eddie pulls you in for a hug and then a big old wet, sloppy kiss. And then the lights dim. Wow. And, well. And then the music, oh, this is the night. Who knows what will happen next, but... You will get all of that, and like I said, and then some will not, and then some. But Eddie will give you uh, wet, sloppy kisses and also, uh, you know, early audio access on the podcast. But, like I said, for $5 and up, you get Fantastic Voyage, which is our 102-issue exploration of Stan Lee and Jack Kirby's iconic, legendary, and fantastic even run on the Fantastic Four. Cool, right? Anyway, you can also support the show at belowthecollar.com slash themarvelist and get a Dad Joke Immune t-shirt because, God willing, you are, in fact, Dad Joke Immune if you've made it this far into the episode. And finally, if you like the other uh, docile tones on this podcast, you can check out a new show called Rosen Rant 
featuring Josh Rosengrant. Hi, Josh. Hi, and it's awesome. The best podcast for life advice. Rosengrant. Follow us at Rosengrant50 on Twitter and Facebook. See, I was, I was worried you'd say the best podcast ever, and I'm like, really? You're going to say that on this here fine program? It is. It is fun. But not better than this show, I would imagine, correct? Uh, we will arm wrestle that out one day. Well, you know, I'll kick your leg underneath the table, kind of like uh, the British Bulldog did to Ahmed Johnson, or, or whenever he did that. I'm watching 1996 WWF lately, and it's a good time. But I digress. Eddie is not here, and I pretended Eddie was in that tone, <laughs> if you noticed. But Josh, on this episode, we are talking about episode one of Loki, Glorious Purpose. And right off the bat, man, like this is one of those things, I said it on a previous episode. I was not hyped for this show. And then week of the show, oh boy, I got excited. Comixology had a big-ass sale where it was every single Loki-related comic. And, yeah, I ended up uh, spending a little bit of money on my credit card with... Uh, the sale, and I'm currently reading the Vote Loki story, which, by the way, is an interesting story from 2016, written by Christopher Hastings, where a, you know, uh, god, Norse mythology god, goes and runs for president. Check that series out. There's a bunch of other ones. Uh, Loki from, I think, 2019, by friend of the show, Daniel Kibblesmith, cannot recommend that series enough, features Loki as a cowboy. Good times. Yeehaw. And exactly, yeehaw and so forth. But this one, like I said, was not that excited for this series. And then, like I said, week of the show, uh, crap, here we go. I'm kind of pumped for this. So, yeah, Josh, what did you think of this episode of Loki? And actually, how hyped were you for this show beforehand? I was at first was like I I don't know if it's going to be as big of a draw as as we've seen of One Division or Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but the first episode I'm like, ah, if that doesn't pull you at your heartstrings, which we will definitely talk about in this episode, I don't know what else to tell you because that was unexpected, but so much appreciated. So I really enjoyed the episode. Yeah, all together, I think it was a fantastic way to even open up any series. And one of the biggest things about this episode was a certain M word came up. Marvel. Multiverse. Oh. <laughs> right off the bat, we're getting that word mentioned and the ramifications of what this could all mean. And it got me thinking, the first three series on Disney Plus are tying into future movies. We have Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which is going to be tying into Black Widow, with Contessa showing up, played by Julia Louis-Dreyfus. We have WandaVision, which is going to be tying into Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, coming out in 2022. And this movie might be tying into Spider-Man and Doctor Strange. Hmm. We don't know yet, but... A lot of really interesting things with that decision of the multiverse aspect. And we have everything going on in regards to the the TVA, the Time Variance Authority, I believe. Yes. I'm, I mean, the notes, the Time Variance Authority. And again, just stuff I would not have expected to be as excited about as I am. What did you think overall with the incorporation of the TVA? An unexpected group. 
I did not because he just pops out of nowhere and then even when you watch the film you're like where did he go and then yeah. and then for Endgame especially you're like you know they're not going to kill him off he can't be dead or is he dead yeah let's talk about that with that Loki because in the series Loki well in the main MCU Loki's dead Thanos killed him no second chances no resurrections so the Loki that made valiant sacrifices and became a hero died. And then we get Loki back where he is still a straight up villain. He's still a vicious bastard. And it got me thinking like, oh, he's going to have to relearn how to be a hero. That's a unique take that I have not seen in these kinds of movies or television series. Or is he... Does he want to be the hero? Yeah. And I, I feel he does want to be a hero because at the end of the episode, we're having him look at the, the quote-unquote file footage of, you know, him with his brother. Did you pick on that up on that a little bit? Not to go too deep into religion, but, like, have you ever thought about that where it's just, like, you pass away? Or you go off to some place and someone just plays this big, huge video of this is your life. A greatest hits compilation, yeah. Exactly. But you never see how it ends. And I thought it was so cool to be like, this is how your life ends. And he's like, huh. I, I think in the back of his mind, he's like, no, it's not. And I'm going to try to avoid this like the plague. See, I like that. I think the idea of he know well, not just that, but like. He's learning, this is how people thought of you. He's seeing his own brother who used to hate his guts. First off, mourn him, but also grow to accept him. You're seeing that element of Thor and Loki together. And by the way, with characters that we don't really know how much they're going to be involved in the series, whether it's just going to be, you know, quote-unquote archive flashback footage or not, but... We see the opening of the, the series, and it's going back to the quote-unquote 2012 Avengers, as well mashing it up with the 20, or 2019 Avengers Endgame footage, where we have the time heist. Seeing Robert Downey Jr. once again, because I have not really watched the MCU stuff since maybe around the time the movies came out. Like, I, you know, on and off saw little bits and pieces of it but never really watched much. And then I'm watching the footage of Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark, Tony Stank, Iron Man. It got me missing RDJ in the role. Really got me missing him again. Did you have that same feeling? For sure. But I think going back to your original question, what did I think about this organization? Holy crap. I, I don't think there's another one out there that we've seen that just is a no-nonsense group. Like, make sure you pick up that ticket or else you're going to get, like, shocked with the baton. Now we know. <laughs> to to death and you fade away and you're obsolete. No, right. um, but the whole element of that with, um, I, I was thinking to myself, it's not as vicious as it was, but do you remember in Ant-Man when the bald guy kills off or yellow jacket kills off that guy and makes him into a little puddle of goo, oh, yeah. bloody mm -hmm. goo. It's not quite as bad as that, but it's pretty damn close. 
It is. It's just like at first you're like, ah, it's just this group. I'm sure it's Loki. He can, and then all of a sudden you realize, oh wait, he can't use his powers. He really has nothing. Not just that. Not just that, but you're seeing him essentially being a pawn in their game. And yeah, you know, you you may be a quote unquote god, but you're nothing to us. We can still like, I, just openly, you know. Yeah, and I think you. the greatest comparison, I think it is, is that he's just not only physically, not only with his powers, but emotionally so vulnerable when he's watching the video and he's just like all right well what do you want because at that point i feel like he just accepts all right i i really can't do anything about my current situation and by the way going back over to what you had mentioned in regards to that you know quote unquote best of this is your life kind of thing i'm reading on the uh loki discussion thread on the marvel studios subreddit and somebody responded back with I think Loki just watched his own episode of Legends on Disney+. Plus. Right, yeah. And by the way, for those of you out there, the Disney Plus Marvel Legends series is, I would say, very much worth watching if you want to see a quick recap of what got these characters to where they are now. And, yeah, the idea of Loki essentially watching his own, it's very meta. It's very open-ended with all of this and the, uh, I, I really enjoy the decisions that this series is taking it's very this is going to be more of a mind more of a mind freak not Chris Angel but than WandaVision was mm-hmm. I have a weird feeling this is going to be more so than that was and it's not just his death, but I feel like the death of his mother and all these other things that he's watching in this video. And then Owen Wilson was like, you can't change anything. And I know for a fact, at least one or two times in this series, he will try to change his past at some point. And by the way, you just mentioned Owen Wilson, the TVA agent Mobius. Who oh boy, what an interesting character to see brought into the Marvel Universe. And it's very weird seeing Owen Wilson play this kind of role. He's he's a quote-unquote major player in this, but in the grand scheme of things, is still like a middle-level kind of character, maybe even lower level. But for this, top level, you know? And I would say seeing him involved in this, again, it's it's such a cool thing. As as a big fan in the mid-aughts, of watching a lot of movies around that time, you know, seeing one of the guys from Starsky and Hutch, from Shanghai Noon, all those kind of movies, make his debut in the Marvel Cinematic Universe is kind of cool. And the idea of the TVA. One of the things about the TVA that really got me was the overall aesthetic of what the TVA looks like. It's very much a 1970s kind of looking place. You know, with the dated looking, yet somehow still futuristic looking technology. You have... The very formalness of it. And by the way, how formal all of this. I want to know where this place is in the grand scheme of things in the Marvel Universe. Where the building is, where this is, where that is. Because you hear comments and lines pertaining to the TVA. One of which comes from the character Casey, the desk jockey, who goes, I don't know what a fish is. I've, I live at my desk. Are they born to work and live in this kind of place? You know, it's it's so strange and bizarre, and I love it. 
Yeah, well, going back to the actual group that um, takes Loki in, do you, do you remember Fallout 4? Yes. The whole video package that was shown for this episode and the group itself reminds me of one of those groups that was in the video game Fallout 4. It's that kind of feel. With the overall 1950s uh, informational uh, short film aesthetic. Yeah, I completely agree. Absolutely. It's it's kind of this group that it's it's also this exact kind of group. It's the exact kind of feeling of this group wanting and trying to make sure that their their agenda and only their agenda, I feel like, is 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 goes through. Right. Like with the with the timeline especially. I would say overall it's very much a um it is an ominous kind of group. Would you are you inclined to agree? Yeah, especially oh boy. Very ominous, very like it, it it's a great way to open up a series like I said because it's like now I just want to know more. I want to know more about this group. I want to know who in the world that guy was at the end of the episode spoilers. And what the hell is on so, there's a lot of like what's happening now, what what role what bigger role will Owen Wilson play throughout the series there's a lot of stuff and, to look forward to and what exactly what what position is Loki going to actually play and at one moment in this Loki essentially it's the most heartbreaking moment of when Loki sees the infinity stone sitting in a desk drawer and somebody's comment hell knight x on reddit Remarks, the TVA uses Infinity Stones as paperweights, the cruelest barb in the entire MCU. You can pinpoint the exact moment Loki's heart breaks in half. And then somebody says, Loki then realizes the only way to be king of the universe is to conquer the TVA by joining them and conquering them. Hmm. I would say the moment that Loki sees, oh, the, the Infinity Stones all of these things that people died for and fought for and did this and that and the other thing to try and acquire and it's just nothing but that, that's heartbreaking. Because it means all of those lives were for naught, all of those struggles were for naught. And again, it shows the overall grand scheme of things of we're not that important. It's that humbling element where even a god can be humbled. Especially when he takes the Infinity Stone and he's like, I can't even do anything with this now. Yeah, because it's not in the corresponding time. And one detail someone points out, there are way more time stones in the drawer than any other Infinity Stone. It makes sense for that to be the most confiscated stone by the TVA. And, again, it's like... It's like the equivalent of a... um a DVD that is formatted in region one. Have you, Josh, when you look at a DVD and you read the back of the case and it'll say a one region one DVD, what that means is it can only be used in a United States or Canadian DVD or Blu-ray player, right? Okay. If you bring it into another country and put it on one of those DVD players, like let's say you bring one to the UK, it can't be used. So, you take a time stone from the main MCU continuity and bring it over into the 
area where the TVA is, you can't use it because it's not compatible. Well, I learned something new. It's very much one of those things where, again, it's all for naught. It's for nothing. And it humbles the character. And I feel like moments like this really humble the character of Loki. He is now a character where he's just like, well, everything I believe in, everything I fight for was for nothing. And I feel like this version of Loki also has not really understood that his family, Thor, Odin, and his his mother, actually truly cared about him. I'd like to know how he feels about seeing himself in the quote-unquote video package that he's watching of his life and seeing him bond with his brother. Is he thinking to himself, what did I do to become so weak where I'm siding with my weak brother? Yeah, and I think, I'd like to think, maybe he feels guilty about what happened to his mother. Technically, stepmother. Yeah. Oh, he definitely does. When he hears the line of, you killed your mother. Ooh, damn, man. That was something that really hit in the feels where he's just like, wait, I did that? I'm a monster. And by the way, once again, something in the MCU is pushing us to want to revisit Thor The Dark World. You know, you have Endgame, the whole movie, where they're just like, oh, by the way, you know that movie all of you hate? Yeah, you might want to watch it again. Give it a second chance because it actually does hold a lot of sway in the overall Mm. MCU. This series now is making me want to watch it even more so than I ever did before. And again, like I had said, I really did not care for Thor The Dark World. Did you? After I watched it a second time, I'm like, I don't don't know what I saw in this at the first time. It had its moments. We'll just say that. even even the quote-unquote worst MCU movie is still a good movie. And that's not just coming off as someone who hosts a Marvel-related podcast. They have good thematic storytelling. So, even at its worst, it's still good. It's MCU movies are like pizza. Even the worst pizza is still pretty damn good. That one was slightly burnt. But and I want pizza yeah. now. It's still edible. I might go get pizza tonight for dinner. But I digress, and I digest. Now, with this, we get the overall feel of what this series is going to be like. And by the way, I love these series for introducing characters that, you know, are small side characters that probably aren't going to matter much in the overall grand scheme of things. I love the character of Casey, the desk jockey who has no idea what a fish is. Yes. (laughs) He's very much one of those super quotable characters and reminds me of the mustache guy from WandaVision who I got fired because I had a turtleneck on. You were a beatnik. No, I had a turtleneck on. So there's very much these characters that don't really matter much. Maybe they will. Maybe this is a big misdirection where the character of Casey is actually really important. We don't know. Because other than Loki himself and Mobius, no one's real. like, we really don't know what's going to be going on in this series. And there's a lot of stuff like that they're borrowing elements from. One of which was the uh, Al Ewing run of Loki 
and I do believe like, Al Ewing gets a credit in the credits of the series as a major thank you. And by the way, speaking of Al Ewing, be sure to stay tuned for our upcoming interview with Al, as well as our uh, episode of Fantastic Voyage on the Patreon feed, where we talk Fantastic Four number twelve. Cheap plug ski, but I digress. Now, in regards to Loki, this episode, where do you see this season going? Because it's only going to be six episodes. Only six. There's a lot to unpack within six episodes. So I would assume at least the second or third episode in would be probably longer than the opening. Which I felt was a great way to go about doing it. To start out with, I'm going to give you hints. I'm like, kind of like WandaVision. I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna slowly let you in. We'll cradle you like a baby and then we'll put you to sleep at the end. Oh, that's sweet. Right? I would say the biggest thing that we're going to be getting is the element of the vote Loki storyline where Loki runs for president. We are going to be getting that. Mark Strong, my words. Now, I wonder what political side he'll take. Anyway. Well, the side that's all for chaos. Mm. Now, in regards, did they have a post credit scene? Because I don't believe they did. They did not. I waited and waited, and I heard some really good music followed by... That was about it. And in regards to this episode, let's go also some other comments that we're seeing over on Reddit. But one comment is, Timekeepers, Multiverse, and Nexus events all within the first 15 minutes. They weren't lying when they said Loki was going to be super influential on the rest of the MCU. And... Mm -hmm. There's a lot of seeds being planted in this episode of what the future of the MCU is going to be. And I'm curious if this is going to tie into, let's say, Shang-Chi, Master of Kung Fu. Is that going to be a part of this? And then the also just, again, going over to the Infinity Stone thing. And how it's dissecting it and essentially making them into just nothingness. The line, the throwaway line that they're just paperweights. What could this mean for other things in the MCU in regards to the cosmic time elements? Could we be maybe... I feel like... Oh, go ahead. I feel like it's going to open us up to other possibilities. Because I'm just looking it up now. It was just briefly mentioned. Will we be seeing Kang the Conqueror? In the future episodes. Kang is going to be involved, but as of right now, it's going to be the Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania movie. But mm -hmm. you never know. And by the way, somebody just pointed this out in the comments on Reddit that I got a kick out of. That criminal with the blue box. And then they responded with, Doctor Who intensifies. If you're a fan of Doctor Who like myself, the blue box signifies the TARDIS. So we're having a British fellow running around in, with a blue box, causing mischief and all sorts of chaos throughout time. Huh, reminds me of a certain TV show. I wonder what show that could be. Oh, yeah, Matlock. Anyway, Josh, if you have not watched it, I highly recommend Doctor Who, and especially the uh, 2005 run starting with Christopher Eccleston, who you might remember from the MCU, specifically Thor of the Dark World. Now. You know, now that you just mentioned it, I, I'm kind of understanding what the show is about because it's it's Doctor Who, and they come out with different doctors, so you never really know who the doctor is. So you're like, huh, Doctor Who? 
the idea of how much Marvel content we're getting after a massive drought that was 2020 has been pretty cool. And I would say this is very much one of those series where we don't know what this is going to lead up to in the grand scheme of things, but I would say it will be the most influential series out of everything so far. We have WandaVision, where we take a character like Wanda, and essentially she went from being a villain to a hero back to being a villain again, but a misunderstood villain. This one, we have a villain become... We have, in the timeline, a villain who became a hero who got killed, but then got resurrected by messing up a timeline and going back and... Oh, these timelines are so confusing. Yes, it is. And, you know, I think that's going to wrap this episode up for now. We're going to put a little uh, time displacement bow on that. Or what have you, I don't know. But next week, we're going to be talking about episode number two. And I got to say... The thing I'm liking about this series is the release date of it being on a Wednesday. Means it gives me time to be able to do things on the weekend, such as, oh, I don't know, probably nothing, or go to New York City. Who knows? What have you? We will have plenty of adventures on Loki, available on Disney+. Plus. Disney, please, for the love of God, give us money, or at least a comp uh, membership for Disney+. Plus. I think that's, like I said, that is going to wrap this episode up. For the Marvelists, I'm Peter Melnick. And I'm Joshua Rosengren. Excelsior? Double question.